0: Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And we are together again today with my co-host, Chuck Ramscher. Welcome, Chuck. And as well, we have with us again, John Began, who works with Trellis. Hello, John. Welcome back. Good to be back. We're going to continue our discussion today in talking about the situation regarding the homeless. And so uh, Chuck's gonna kick us off with some questions. We got some other areas that we're gonna be talking about and exploring today
1: yeah so John, the last time we talked, there was a question that was kind of uh, burning a hole in my head uh, <laughs> as I was thinking about some of the work that that you 're doing out there and i 've always admired your your love for all people, but especially seeing online the work that you 've done with the homeless <laughs> and out here in Virginia Beach, we have a lot of homeless people for numerous reasons. Uh, A lot of it is military veterans. And so we try to help as far as the church is concerned and other organizations uh, in maybe one specific way. And so I was wondering what the vision is for Trellis. Uh, Are you all focused on food? Are you focused on housing? I know that you mentioned a lot of um, mental health and so I was wondering what the vision is for you all.
2: Um, our, our ultimate goal is to get them off the streets and, and into housing, but we don't necessarily run programs. Um, Trellis really is about relationships and collaboration of working with the different churches and businesses and nonprofits to, uh, to get them off the streets. But we have a couple things that we do do. Um, <clears throat> I kind of have a unique role because I also work for the city of Costa Mesa as an outreach worker to the homeless. So I kind of wear two hats, and I'm always taking them on and off. And there's some things I can do with the city that I can't do with Trellis, and there's some things um, I, you know, I can't do um, because of the religious aspect of it. So I got to be careful. But most of the people on the streets here. They know me as Pastor John, you know, so they generally bring up the religious aspect of it, you know, where I don't, so I can pray with them, all that. Right. Our ultimate goal is relationships, is to build the relationships. And we do that in several different ways. So we partner with uh, nonprofits that are providing meals, that are providing uh, food for them, providing clothes. Uh, we have churches that donate that. <clears throat> we have a... Um, a program called the check-in center where the homeless are able to bring their belongings to um, a, a store area where they get like a 20 uh, bin uh, storage bin and it's there locked up. They can get it mm-hmm. twice a day, early in the morning, six in the morning till 730 in the morning and 630 at night till 730 at night. That for us is a key place of contact for the homeless. Um, we have volunt- It's all run by volunteers from the different churches that we have. And we probably have over 70 volunteers. We're open six days a week on that. But we try to be intentional. Trellis' goal is to be intentional in relationships so we can build <clears throat> some trust um, and help them move forward. Because usually the homeless are very resistant. They like things given to them, but they don't trust anybody. And because for most of their life, everything's been taken from them. Um, they've lost it. And people take care take advantage of them on the streets so we really try to build relationships with them so we get to know their story we get to tell them our story why we do what we do and how god has changed us and then we share god's word on how that can change them as well but the, the ultimate is let's build that relationship so we can help them move forward into housing and we point them to the city to where there's a process to help people get off the streets, you know, through the government agencies and the support that they have, whether it's HUD housing, low-income housing, uh, veterans. So we have connections with with all of them as Trellis and me also as the city that are able to point people to move forward and how to move forward when they're ready to move forward.
0: Does that make sense, I hope? It does, it makes, oh, yeah. it makes perfect sense, yeah.
2: <clears throat> So that's a key element. The check-in center, they just go there and they pick up the belongings and they sit down and we just get to talk to them and get to know them. And uh, sometimes they come up higher than a kite. Usually they behave themselves for the most part. Um, But it's a a place where we can uh, build that relationship. We also have a back-to-work program. It's called the Community Impact Team, where we have businesses and individuals will sponsor a homeless person or team. So we have a Mariner's Church, which they have a small congregation of about 20,000 members and uh, they, they take five of our homeless every Monday and they clean their auditorium. They pick up the trash, they vacuum, they wash the windows, wipe down the, down the chairs and they get paid um, in gift cards. They get paid 1250 an hour and usually it's a four hour gig. So they get a $50 visa gift card the following Saturday. But in order to get on that team, you got to come every Saturday to a meeting where we, Breathe love and truth into them. We'll do motivational. We'll preach at them, but not get too preachy. But we're still always bringing the word of God with them and helping them with their job skills, resumes, how to dress for success. But also, that's another place where we are able to connect and build relationships with them. We have restaurants that we clean their chafing dishes. We've done clean hoarders rooms. We've moved a lot of people, and so they get sponsored and. So it's a way for them to get back into the work mode um, and make connections and get their confidence back. And uh, these people mostly are the ones that really want to kind of get off the street. They're serious about it. But once again, we're able to uh, build truth into them. And that's a collaborative effort from businesses to volunteers from churches um, that are breathing into them through this whole process.
0: So do you find that there are some who don't want to get off the streets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, <clears throat> it's a lifestyle. It's the
2: way they, they are used to. They don't like the rules. They like being outdoors. Um, a lot of it because they're still in their addiction hmm. or in their mental health. Um, I've got several people that um, they'll, they'll never get housed. I know they'll never be housed. They've, they've had opportunities, but they'd rather stay outside. You know, One of them lived in my shed at the church <laughs> you know, for, for four years. And um, he will do anything for you. I mean, um, I've always said I've learned more about love and grace and forgiveness and generosity from my homeless community friends than sometimes people I've sat next to on a pew. They, they take care of each other. They'll steal from each other, but they'll still look out after one another. And um, I, I've seen um, one kid, one guy, Jimmy. It was cold, raining out. And this gal comes up. She's got no blanket, no sleeping bag, nothing. He gives her his last coat. I go, Jimmy, what are you going to use? He goes, I'll be all right. And he goes, here's a sleeping bag. Jimmy, what are you going to use? I'll be all right. And, um, and I've seen that over and over again. You know, wow. people watching
0: after him. That's awesome. Well, you've mentioned several times various spiritual connections to uh, not only the work that you do, but as well the, the impact of Trellis and working with other churches. Now, tell us a little bit, if you would, about the the scriptural motivation that, that really drives you in in this work.
2: Um, you know, there's a few. I think one that is always on my heart is love God, love others. You know, First John tells us God is love, and, and if we're not loving our brother, we're not really loving God, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've got to live it out. I'm a firm believer of that church is outside four walls that we are the church and we're to represent that and be that light in our community. Not that we're better than anybody else, but God's forgiven us so we can go and forgive. He's given us grace so we can go and give grace. Second um, Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 where the God of all comfort as he's comforted us in all our afflictions so that we may comfort those with any affliction. So he'll never waste our hurt or a, uh, stupidity of independence that we make <laughs> on our own choices. If we allow him to heal us, if we allow him to work in our life. He will open up doors for us to be of service to other people, no matter what our past is. So I, I just believe everyone's redeemable. And um, and then you got Matthew 25. Yeah. You know, When did I see you hungry? When did I see you needing clothes? It wasn't like it, they were doing a the ministry. They just saw people that were hurting and they just helped them. And because, you know, they know they've been blessed by God. <clears throat> and so that's kind of try to what I try to live by. Um, don't always do a good job on that, but um, trying, you know, each day. And some days are better than others. But really just, there's a lot of hurt out there. Yeah. There's a lot of doors that come before us. We've just got to decide whether we want to go through that door or not. And unfortunately, there's some places that, churches that don't wanna go through that door.
0: Sure. Well, I, I love the fact you used 2 Corinthians one and I, I couldn't help but think when you, when you said that, how oftentimes we, we tend to look at scripture through one set of eyes. And every time I've thought about the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we might comfort others in their affliction, I, I've never made application of it in the way that you did and yet should. You know, I think about it from the standpoint of someone loses a loved one and, and, and I've, you know, I've experienced that loss. And so I'm able to provide comfort to them and never really thought about from the standpoint of, you know, God's provided for us in times of of our affliction. And so that we might be able to help others in their affliction. That's great application. I love that.
2: It's just, I think it's part of us being able to tell our story. You know, if we can't tell our story why we do what we do as, as a follower of Jesus, we, we got to get back to some basics, 101, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that kind of comes a little bit from my Celebrate Recovery background, you know, teaching that, but also just for, from personal experience. If you don't let God heal you, you're not going to be much use to other people. I mean, we we can do good deeds, but the power's not. In God, when we try to do it on our own, you know, but when you let God heal you and give you the comfort that you need through all the stuff, whether it's been self-inflicted or um, beyond your control, when when you let God heal that, he's going to use you big time.
1: So, Well, you mentioned a little bit about your past and, just sitting and listening to you right now, I remember your very first sermon that I ever heard. It was love God, (laughs) love others. And that clearly comes out in the work that you do. And so as you talk about your background and things that you've been involved with, uh, would you let us as well as the listeners know just kind of what has prepared you for this work? Uh, What in your background uh, has led you to this kind of ministry?
2: Well, my brother says I have more hangups than a phone company, so that might be one of the starts. And, and I'm just thankful you stayed awake. You're probably one of two people that were awake during that sermon. Um, <laughs> it, it goes, I, th- it, I think it goes that God's prepared me for a long time. I, I mentioned that my parents were alcoholics, um, my mom was a pre- prescription drug abuse user. Um, at age 10, 11, um, I'm taking her into, into rehab. I'm you know, I'm calling my older, I was. All by my life. I have three older siblings but they weren't home they were all out of the house. So I'm calling my oldest brother and say, hey, mom's at it again. We need to put her in rehab. Um, I put her into a mental institution that actually I now work right next door to that mental institution. Um, it's called College Hospital. Uh, our check in center is at Crossing Church. It's on the same property. So I, I'm reminded every day, you know, that people are broken and um, you know she got she got healed. It took her a while, it took her about 10 years until I was about 18 and until she got sober. She stayed sober. Um, dad never did. He, he never got sober. And um, so a lot of that, people, um, I got to credit my oldest brother for giving me the lectures that I didn't want to hear that I needed to hear. And he started going to the Church of Christ at Newland Street and met a girl and they were dating. And so when I would call him, say, hey, mom's out again, he would pick me up and he would drop me off at a member of the church's house and said, here's Peanut, because that was my nickname. He goes, I'll see you in four days or five days, because he had to go back to work to Santa Barbara or Lancaster. So he, God was putting people in my life that were giving me structure and, and love and acceptance that I needed, that I was in heaven, and those people from the church. And so that's why I think church is so critical. And, uh, and these people didn't know what they were doing other than just loving on me, you know? But they were building a foundation that I needed that I wasn't getting where I was. And so that's why it's important that, uh, you know, the church reaches out to people that are hurting and, and be there for them, especially the young people right now. So that, I don't know if that explains it. I did celebrate recovery. Um, I went to learn it to go fix people because I think I can fix people and, and enabler. And as I'm going through the training sessions, I'm going, I need this more than, that, than, what, than the people that I'm, God's going to put in front of me, you know. So he, he did some healing in that process. Um, and then so that has been uh, part of my motivation, what I do, what I do. Well,
0: there's no doubt you have been uniquely equipped uh, to do what you're doing. And I know people are very blessed by it. Thanks. So tell us again how people can reach you. Uh, Give us your contact information for those who would be interested maybe in either learning more. But tell us about the website again for Trellis and uh, just how people can learn more uh, about the work that you're involved in with Trellis. Our website
2: is uh, wearetrellis.com. W-E-A-R-E-T-R-E-L-L-I-S.com. My email address is John, J O H N, at weartrellis.com. And my phone number is 559 474 1209. You can always reach me. I prefer not Mondays because that is my only day off. (laughs) I do work six days a week, 60 hours plus. But uh, so I try to keep Mondays for my wife of 41 years. And um, sweet lady. She's very sweet. She keeps me in line and (laughs) she's very supportive. Um, of of what i do and i think that's a key to any ministry that you're doing you got to have uh, a spouse that is going to back you and be there for you and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and she does so i'm the only way i'm able to do this is because of her well what she lets me do (laughs) you might say so i'm I'm very blessed in in that aspect of it
0: that's awesome well I want to thank you again for taking time to to visit with us and tell us a little bit about that work. We're going to continue the conversation. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening again this week and continuing to uh, be a part of the SALTcast. I want to thank Chuck for uh, helping in this regards and I just look forward to continuing the discussion. I I know that we've got several other questions that we want to explore and, and, and go down some different trails there to talk about this work and how it can benefit and help others who, really are facing similar situations across the country. So, John, thank you again. I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, we will continue the conversation next week.